Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a fascinating guest in store for you today. Um, so let's get to it. Um, but first, of course, we have uh, my little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. And this week's section is entitled Vision and Faith Go Hand in Hand and Are Essential for Us to Create. Some say faith is believing in what we cannot see. Often, faith is relegated to the realm of the religious or spiritual. Yet, do we not all have faith? Yet do we not all have to have faith in our vision and our goals in order to move forward? Do we not have to have faith in ourselves and our abilities in order to create something new? Believing only in what we can see externally does not mean we cannot see things that are not yet there internally. Indeed, creation always starts with an internal vision for what we desire to bring into the world. Is our vision of a new business, a new building, or a new organization to feed the poor? Do we not have a vision for what our lives will look like in a few days, a few weeks, or a few years? If we do not have faith enough in our vision, we put no effort into it. Vision and faith must go hand in hand for us to move forward with creation. Perhaps at times our belief in ourselves is a little tenuous and not as strong as we would like it to be. Yet, if we have faith in our vision and ourselves, we can carry on and move forward acting as if it will manifest. We cannot be any other way and still create. 
If we do not have faith, then we would never start our next project or our next venture. Do you see where you can have some more faith to move forward? So I wrote this uh, uh, post, uh, the, the section of my book a while ago, and I think I've wrote it to kind of help myself process and and create a new relationship with this idea of faith. Because most often we hear people talking about faith and they're talking about, uh, you know, faith in God, faith in uh, whatever religious figure, faith in whatever dogma they believe in. And and I, I just, because at a very young age, I kind of never felt connected to organized religion, just the idea of, of faith in that way, it just you know, I would almost call it like blind faith, just never really sat well with me. But then, and, and I can't remember what the trigger was now, but then there was someone I was listening to and they were talking about the need to have faith to, to really be able to move forward in our lives. Uh, and I mean, we we all have faith in one thing or another. I mean, Every time we, we we go out our front door, we have faith that we're going to come back. You know, every time we get in a car or every time we get on the subway or every time we, we travel somewhere, get on a plane, we have faith that it's not going to explode and fall apart. So we actually do have a lot of faith in our lives. We just don't often put it to use or see how to use it in a way that actually serves us. And so they were talking about this idea of faith and then you have to have a vision to sort of move forward. But then I realized like a vision without really having faith in the vision is, is a weak vision. And that without having faith that what you see is possible can actually come to be then we put none of our energy, none of our focus, none of our intention behind it. So I began to see that there's this real um, partnership between faith and vision. Because in order to really to see anything, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's a spiritual practice or a, some kind of goal or intention we have in life, that if we want to do something in life, if we want to change, if we want to move forward, if we want to create something that's never been before, it takes both a vision of that thing and faith. Now, a dear friend of mine and, and teacher, Jennifer Huff, always likes to say that it's the or betters that really take us to the wonderful places. So. I always keep in mind that as much as I can have wild visions and huge dreams, that life often has a much bigger vision or or a different dream for me that I could never imagine. So I always like to hold those visions a little bit lightly because you never know what can come up in the process of pursuing that vision.
So, um, yeah, so I hope you like this little section of my book. It's vision and faith go hand in hand and are essential for us to create. So let's think about this coming week of what is it you would like to create and see like what kind of vision, what kind of faith do you have to have to create that amazing, wonderful thing? And of course, this is a section from my book, Everyday Awakening, which you can get at everydayawakeningbook.com. Um, which just takes you to the Amazon page uh, of where you can find it. And if you're like me and you like to support the small independent businesses and bookstores, just ask them to order it. If they don't have it, They're, we're in a major book distributor, so any bookstore can get it. And that's Everyday Awakening. You are more powerful than you know by Sam Lee. It's awesome. So now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show Takara Shielor. She is a, 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 a best-selling author, a personal business mentor, a consultant, and an intuitive advisor. But Takara is best known for helping spiritually-minded women pen, publish, and promote a best-selling book so they can get more clients and make more sales. She's the best-selling author of Peering Through the Veil, Step-by-Step Guide to Meditation and Inner Peace. She's the best-selling co-author of Unleash Your Future. She's the creator, manager, and co-author of Dolphins and Whales Forever and contributing author of Extraordinary Teams. Um, she, Takara is the, crea is the creator of Dancing Dolphin Alchemy Synergy Oils and Mists. And she's the head instructor at Magnificent You, co-founder of Deep Dive Publishers and Heart of the Goddess Online, and a featured trainer at Mind Motion Academy. My God, Takara, how do you have time to do all this? <laughs> you would not believe all the things I have going simultaneously most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it sure sounds like it. It sure sounds like it. Oh, my God. Um, so what I, I would love to, to start with is you know, sometimes I feel like when people um, listen to to folks who've been on a spiritual path for a long time and have a lot of uh, uh, stuff going on, they think like, oh, my God, like, I could never do that. Or how did they ever get there? So I always like to start, like, with the basics of, like, were you always a very intuitive spiritual person? Were you brought up in a spiritual household? Or is this did something happen or, or was or was this sort of a gradual development that happened over over a period of time in your life? Um, so I grew up in a very religious household. Ah. And for a while I was deeply religious. Okay. And then I had a spiritual awakening, like mystical, paranormal kind of experience when I was 14. Oh. I met the divine presence for lack of a better way to describe it. And uh -huh. it was literally one of those in the blink of an eye, you hear with new ears and see with new eyes. And mm. from that moment forward, when I opened the Bible, which used to be, you know, gave me great comfort in things. I was like, this is not the God I know because I felt <laughs> like I met God and it was all pervasive love, this unconditional, non-judgmental didn't care what gender you were, didn't care if you went to church or didn't go to church. You know, there was like, this was just love and there were no conditions. Mm. And that's not what I was reading in the book or had been right. trained since birth to believe in. And so I left, I left the church. 
I'm just curious, this mystical experience that you had at 14, Mm -hmm. was there something that precipitated it? Was it just something that So it was actually a deep, it was a deeply religious experience. Okay. Mm. It was a a weekend at a church concentrated. Some might call it a revival. It was not the kind of church Mm -hmm. that used that terminology, but it was, it was like a revival, right? But this was youth focused, the entire thing. And so the oldest person present was like 25. Uh, um, so you had a lo- bunch of young seekers open mm-hmm. to possibility, right? Mm-hmm. And and what happened is somebody was in a pulpit, somebody, whatever was happening, there was just like this magical moment, the heavens parted kind of moment that there's no way to say, okay, what was the formula that got us to this? Right, there's right, no way right. to know how that happened. But what ended up happening is, all of a sudden in the middle of some guy talking, this dove of light appeared at the top of the ceiling of the sanctuary mm-hmm. and descended and, and then stopped over top of the altar. Mm-hmm. And with this dove of light came a tsunami of this energy. I mean, it literally knocked us off our feet. We were all prostrate on the ground, right? Oh, so and, was it you? You're not the only one who saw felt this. Oh it's no, like this is a whole bunch of youth. You know, like uh, people in high school mostly, a couple uh, of college age people. But it was, I, I like I said, there's no way to know what the formula was that got us here. But course, the divine course. presence descended, like the Jewish people would call it Shekinah. They mm-hmm. say it way better than I do, right? But the holy presence of the divine entered the space and flooded it with its energy. And we were literally knocked off our feet, laying in the floor, speechless, couldn't say a word. And then we suddenly, you know, got our senses about us. And then we were bliss bunnies. I mean, like that was, we were just, it was like rapture, if you will. It was, it was so, so extraordinary. So like, I, I then knew what the divine really was. I'd felt the presence but just like they talk about in the Bible where the the Hebrew or something, Jerusalem, the, the church was burned or destroyed. Mm-hmm, the and there was nowhere left for the presence to be housed. Right. That presence, kind of that energy left the space after a few weeks. And mm-hmm. I couldn't walk in anymore because it was empty. It, was, it wasn't there and it hurt that it wasn't there. So I left religion. I left the church. I left, you know, you're like, you've had this experience. You don't know what to do with it. Adults have never had it. So they can't help you. And so what a lot of people did, including me, as we just dove into something else to distract ourselves. Mm -hmm. So like I drank too much. Other people were getting into drugs. You know, eventually I stopped all that nonsense. And I plowed myself into my, you know, education and then my career and i was Mm. just like at the top of my game as an engineer ah engineer interesting all right let's let's hold it there for a second okay i'm gonna take a quick break and when we come back um i want to just talk about you know you you know how you went from being a, a, a top rated engineer to what you're doing today um and i do have one more question though about the other people there that experience this with you okay 
Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. on KMET uh, in Palm Springs, California. We're speaking this hour with Takara Shilor, and we will be right back in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Takara Shilor, um, creator of Magnificent You and Deep Dive Publishers. Um, so Takara, you had this amazing experience as a teenager. As you said, like you didn't know how to deal with it afterwards. You didn't really have guidance. And then eventually you just kind of threw yourself into your education and became a top-rated engineer. I'm just curious, have you kept in touch with any of the other people who had that experience at that weekend over the years and and you know have have they also like found a way to deal with that experience over time i have talked to a few of them um i only think i know one who ended up kind of doing what i've done and that's going down a really spiritual path later in life Mm -hmm. um but i think i think the other one just sort of you know turned 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 the page and went on and because we just didn't know what to do. You know, if we were in indigenous cultures, if if this had happened to, this is very much like being hit by lightning. 
Okay. So in an indigenous culture, when a a child is hit by lightning, they know that that person is there to be the medicine person. They're there to Mm -hmm. be the, Mm -hmm. and and they start training them immediately. Right. Right. Unpacking the experience that they had and then training them to do whatever they're there to do. But, you know, in white society, we don't really, you know, in, in traditional Western society, we don't really have that. We right. don't really have those traditions where you're called, you know, Right, right. <laughs> they talk right. about, they talk about being called, but there's not really a, a support system for that when it really actually happens. And so you do the best you can. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, I find it actually true of like so many things that we, we can have these amazing experiences, but then there's no guidance. There's no mentorship. There's no way to really, um, help someone to understand it and, and work yeah. through it. I think it's even the same thing with like schizophrenia, right? In, in Western society, we treat schizophrenia like it's an illness, it's a disease, it's something to cure. But indigenous cultures uh, look at it as a spiritual experience right. and they help the person to deal with it in different ways. Exactly. So you be- became an engineer. What kind of engineer did you become? Industrial. 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 Wow. And so what eventually got you to come back onto that spiritual path? Was it, did something happen or, or, or is it just like you felt the calling again? Um, it, something happened and I felt the calling all simultaneously. It was, I, I liken it to um, the metaphysical two by four upside the head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Like there was nothing subtle about this. Um, I was a frontline supervisor. I had 40 people that reported to me. I was in charge of putting a brand new computer system onto a production floor in pharmaceuticals. And, you know, I'm helping people input information into computers that don't even like to work with calculators. Like that's how long ago this was and how, (laughs) you know, it, it was a time, it was intense. And so what was happening is every five minutes, my name was being called over the intercom and I had to like rush to yet another data entry disaster. Mm-hmm. And the whole company really, like we were in charge of producing all the bear aspirin in North America. Wow. So every decision I made affected the bottom line and, and the stress eventually got too much. Cause I was for a lot of reasons, I had to be the best. I had to be perfect at it. I had to, you know, and so talk about taking your, your work home. Like I was, I was a mess, but I didn't realize I was a mess until one day, one of the mechanics that worked on the lines pulled me aside and, and he meant this lovingly. I took it wrong at the time. Right. But he Uh he said to me, he said, you look like you've aged 10 years in the last year. And I was very vain then. I mean, you know, clearly I'm kind of still vain, you know, but like, (laughs) It mattered to me. I was a young, you know, early thirties, something like lady. Uh, and and so I was offended by the fact that mm. I looked terrible. Right. <laughs> but mm. he was, he was pointing out something that to most everyone else was really obvious. Whatever was going on with me was killing me. And I looked in the mirror that night and I realized he was right. And it, uh, and it wasn't long after that, that I woke up one morning feeling sick and so I called into work to sing because I wasn't feeling well. I had no idea what was wrong. Next thing I know, I'm flashing back memories of a rape that happened when I was 18. Ooh. I had suppressed the memories. I had suppressed all the emotions around it. Like I knew it happened, but I'd never felt a thing. Right. I right. just 
closed the door and went on with my life and pretended nothing ever happened. But it was eating me up inside. I had a lot of health issues, and this is clearly part of the reason, right? So what was really interesting, because one of the questions you asked in the very beginning was, you know, were you always intuitive? Were you always, you know, what I discovered is when the lid came off of this giant pot of these memories and these emotions, it also came off of my intuition. Like wow. it was like the switch flipped back to on. Mm-hmm. So when I was a little kid, I was really intuitive and I could tell when my friends weren't doing okay. And I'd sit down beside them and say, are you all right? And they'd look at me like, how does she know? And you know, it would freak mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. But then that sort of stopped. Right. And then this event right. happened. And it was this event that the intuition came on and intuition was go to this new age bookstore, go take this class, go read this book. And it just, I probably read 300 books in two years. Mm. I went to a ton of training and, and I just hit the ground running in my spirituality. Wow! So that's kind wow. of what happened. And part of that, that's really important because of how my life unfolded after that is as soon as I learned to meditate, which, you know, I started seeing people right away to help myself overcome the rape stuff. Mm-hmm. Right away, somebody suggested I learn to meditate. So I did. And as soon as I learned to meditate, dolphins started appearing in my meditations. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of took my life over. I mean, they just would, every time I closed my eyes, I would see them. They were everywhere. And their energy, just like that energy I felt with the dove in the, you know, the presence, I was feeling that same energy whenever I saw them. And, and so that energy was coming in and bringing me, you know, I call them the messengers of the divine feminine. And so I've worked with this dolphin healing energy and these frequencies ever since, you know, when we're talking, I was 33, then I turned 62 on Monday, you know, Mm. so it's a lot of years of going down this path and, and doing all this stuff. But it's such an important point, and I really want to want to highlight it that it's like we we because of the way society is, we suppress our feelings so much. I mean, men as much as women, and so by suppressing these feelings and these emotions, then we can't feel. Then we're not really open to our gifts. Right. And then when something happens that suddenly we discover it, it's like a blood and it can be yeah. overwhelming and it yeah. can be almost too much and and that's where um again you were you were lucky enough to seek guidance and obviously have some good teachers to help you through it right um but there are a lot of people who don't who then like yourself they, they turn to drugs or they turn to things to yeah. kind of dampen it right. but i just find it so fascinating because so many people that i've interviewed and brought on this show over the last 12 and a half years you know, they, they had this yeah. ability as children, something happened and they stopped it. And then later on in life, something else happened and then opened it back up again. And yeah. then it came back. And, it, and it's such a, a common story. It, right. it really amazes me. So I think I think it has to do with our soul's plan. Hmm. Because if we didn't shut it, I get chills all over, which usually means I'm telling truth. I'm speaking truth. Okay. So when we shut it down and become much more three-dimensional, really immersed in our human life, 
there's something to that. I mean, there's something mm. to being fully human, being fully immersed in this reality. Because when you start doing spiritual things, you know, maybe you're connecting to multi dimensions, maybe you're communicating with totem animals or whatever, you know, you stop paying so much attention to this realm and there, you need to be grounded in this realm. So I, yes. I think it's an important part of the journey. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. One, one of my teachers once said that like the, the branches of the tree can only grow as high as the roots can grow deep. Yeah. So yeah. the, the deeper we are connected to the earth, the deeper we are connected to this physical reality, the more we can hold these big energies that can come through. And, Absolutely. you know, one of my, one of my perceptions is that, and, and this is sort of something I have a little bit of a contrary view to many spiritual teachers is we're not here to ascend. We're actually here to descend the energies and bring them into this, this world to make this world a heaven on earth and not to escape this physical reality. I wholeheartedly agree. In fact, I've got a really cool little image that I've created, which talks about like your higher self is up here, mm -hmm. you know, when we're connected to it. But the idea is to let it descend into you and radiate the divinity that you are. I totally agree. Right, right, wonderful, wonderful. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, before we start into the next thing, because then I want to talk about like, how did you transition into from an engineer to doing this work full time and start Magnificent You and Deep Dive Publishers, but we got to take our next break. So when we come back, that's what we'll we'll dive right into. Okay. Right. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to, oh, and by the way, I do see Patty. I see you on the, the YouTube live um, checking in. Thanks so much, loyal listener. Always appreciate you checking in. And we will be right back with our guest, Takar Shilor, in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, so Takara, you were this manager of a whole bunch of people working in a pharmaceutical company, sort of a very grounded career, we could say. And, and then you had this experience that opened you back up. When did you make the leap from being an engineer to, to kind of diving into this world full time? So right away, when I first woke up and I read all those books, one of the teachers I gravitated toward was Stuart Wilde. He became my metaphysical mentor. And I did his eight-day Warriors in the Mist training in New Mexico. Uh, While I was there, I met a woman from the San Juan Islands. And she had was wanting to start a nonprofit for dolphins and whales to support an orca in captivity in Sea Aquarium, Miami, Lolita. Uh, she has a bunch of Tokite. She has a bunch of names now. The Native Americans have given her a name I can't pronounce. But anyway, um, when I heard this orca's story at some deep level, it touched me. And so I decided I wanted to go be part of that project. So I quit the corporate world. I moved to the San Juans. She and I co-founded that nonprofit. Eventually, we flew to Miami to meet the whale. And... So I'm in this captive facility, which hurts my heart to even think about, you know, but when I met this whale, it was a weird situation. She came over, you were allowed to like stand near the tank, right? So we went up right to the tank. She came over and she just stayed there. She just stayed with us. She duck her head under the water and bring it right back up. And she was just looking at her us with, with that eye and in, in the, you know, surrounded by all the black that's on an orca. And I felt like. I was meeting, it makes me cry literally to think about it. I was meeting the sister I never knew I had. That is the kind of kinship I felt with this orca. And so that's really what happened. I I needed to leave the corporate world. The stress was killing me. I'd gotten into eating healthy. So bare aspirin working in pharmaceuticals was probably not the right <laughs> thing for me ultimately, yeah. right? right? Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, prescription and and over-the-counter things if they support you but there's also lots of really well healthy ways to take care of your body and make it rebalance and harmonize where you don't need to take aspirin or whatever you know but I'm not a doctor I'm not giving you advice you know but I needed to get out of it it wasn't my life calling right so I went and did that um and then we moved to Southern California kind of near where you are I was living in Oceanside Oh, and Oceanside, yeah. yeah, I was living in Oceanside and we launched this whole thing we were working on. And then ultimately it just didn't feel right for us to continue this piece. She went off to Hawaii. I went off and got married and moved to, you know, the top of the mountain. And, and that was that. And I ended up moving to Canada and then I, you know, moved on to 
do the shamanic center in Santa Fe. And yeah. Let's, let's talk journey. about that, that for a minute. Uh, what, what was the shamanic center in Santa Fe all about? So, um, my, my, the guy that I met in California was actually Canadian. So we moved to Canada and we wanted to move to the States. He knew we wanted to move to the States. I wanted to get it out of the cold. I was like, <laughs> I stood one there, one winter, I'm out of here. Right. Yeah, After yeah, living yeah. in San Diego in that area, I was like, who wants to live in Canada? But um, no, no offense to Canada, you know, and British yeah. Columbia is lovely, but we were living yes. in Toronto and the winter was brutal yeah. and I had a newborn. I mean, it was Ooh. just, it was a rough winter, but when we decided to come to the States, we tried going back to Southern California because it's where we both loved, but things just were not working out. And I believe in signs. And so we just got out a huge map of the U S and I took a string or he took a string. He took a string and we were back to back. He was facing the map. I was facing the other way. And I started dousing. And he took a string and ran it across the page. And then he took another string and ran it across the page. And where those two crossed was like New Mexico. Okay. Uh So we ended up, we ended up moving to New Mexico. And so we just packed up everything and moved there without a plan. We just, (laughs) we just followed the calling and we moved to New Mexico and, and very quickly, um, we ended up, someone told us about a property and we ended up having a retreat there and we built a, a sweat lodge and medicine wheels and we held all these gatherings at our place. It was called Spirit of Nature Retreat mm-hmm. and we did sweat lodges every um, full moon and every equinox and solstice and we had huge celebrations and we got to know Native Americans from many, many, many different traditions. A lot of them came to our lodge, which we thought was interesting, wow. you know, because a lot of times Native Americans don't come to lodges unless it's another Native American. Right, but right, right. really what was happening is my then husband, he was basically channeling a Native American man whenever he was leading a lodge. He just, wow. his, the cadence of his voice and everything changed mm-hmm. and people could feel the energy. And I was holding space. So together we were creating this opening that allowed for some pretty magical things to happen there. Um, but we did that for like 10 years and then we ended up divorcing and I moved to Virginia and he stayed there for a while and then took off to it. You know, he's somewhere else now, but. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what are you focused on today? Where where are you, where's your most of your energy? What am I doing at the moment? So I'm going in a couple of new directions. Um, you know, I have, four best-selling books already. I'm writing mm-hmm. 12 at the moment. So I'm working on 12 more books. So that keeps me busy. I'm doing a lot of writing. Um, wow. You know, it's just as the wave of inspiration comes, I'll sit down and I'll write for a couple of days. And so I'll have like a book almost three quarters finished mm-hmm. when this, when this happens. And so there's different areas that that's in. I run this publishing company, Deep Dive Publishers. So right now I'm working on a project where we're taking people that have a story where they left something like I did, you know, I left the corporate world. It was suffocating me. It was, you know, it was strangling who I am, my soul, my creativity, my peace of mind, you know, and, and I left that. So I'm creating a a collaborative book where everybody has a story that is about leaving something. It could be a bad marriage. It could be a, you know, a religion. It could be whatever it is. Um, but the point of that book is to offer hope for people that haven't found the courage yet. Mm. And so that's a big project I'm working on. Um, 
I'm also starting on my website, Magnificent You, I'm starting this Heart of the Goddess Online. When I first woke up spiritually back in the day and I started taking classes and doing things, I started attending a place called Heart of the Goddess. It was near Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And I went there and studied with a lot of very well-known people at the time because they had big name people come in and teach. I did a nine-month women's wisdom course with them. You know, so I got really immersed. And recently, the woman, one of the women who ran that and I have reconnected. And so we're starting this thing online. Oh. We're off, offering classes and it's very goddess-based and it's very mm-hmm. a, a place for women who are waking up to have a place to go and have classes and things. So I'm working on that. And I'm also still very involved in the dolphin whale world. Um, I've been leading a global meditation to heal the oceans and connect with dolphin and whale energy. This is the 25th year that I've been oh, co- wow. you know, co-leading that with a guy from Australia Every single equinox, we do that. It's 8 p.m. wherever a person is. It's not live. It's not like I come online and do anything. It's just like Mm -hmm. you have the words and you incorporate it into your own equinox celebration. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. And we'll have to give out your contact info at the end of the show so people can get in touch with you and find out all about that. But, I mean, speaking of of healing the oceans and and working with the animal kingdom, you know... (laughs) I'm in, I'm in California right now, and, and I say the world must really be going crazy when Los Angeles gets more snow than New York City in a winter. Oh, I night. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just wondering, what can, what do you feel is happening with with the environment, and and what kind of um, uh, hope or what kind of vision can you offer to people? To help with like what do we do what do we do with where we are because it sometimes feels like such a big thing and without having like you know some some major reform in society it just feels like we're pushing the big rock up the hill right well the only thing you can change is yourself right and Mm -hmm. we we all know that and as you mentioned before about the dissension of the energy you know i have a thing that I call the trifecta of transformation and it's about Mm -hmm. personal transformation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's about raising your vibration, expanding in consciousness and awareness and becoming more and more and more whole. And sometimes wholeness requires past life regression. It can require soul retrieval. I don't really like that terminology because I don't think that's exactly what's happening, but there's pieces of ourselves that we put in hiding like I did right. with the rape memories. Right. right. And so right. there's, there's a level of wholeness we can achieve. So as we work on ourselves, we do this dissension process. We start bringing in higher vibrations and we start to emanate those out into the world around us. I believe our job each of us as individuals is to become peace. It's to become this harmonious, peaceful emanation of light into the atmosphere, into the people around us, into the world around us. It's like our job is to figure out how we stay at peace, how we find harmony within, because then it radiates out. And as more and more and more of us do that, it just becomes a matrix, like very much like the lattice you have around the behind yourself with the flower of life. Mm-hmm. You know, these sorts of energetics are around the planet. Well, when that all clicks in to the grid around around the U.S. or around the world, you have like these things are clicking into the grid, both in the earth 
and above the earth. And as more and more of us hold the center and balance within, no matter what's going on, not judging it as right or wrong, just staying in harmony and balance, learning to be intuitive so that in the moment, if we're asked to take an action, we take the action, you know, Mm -hmm. finding the courage Mm -hmm. to take the action. Sometimes it's say a prayer. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been near the ocean. I was, I was looking around for these little crystals. I have these little um, imperial topaz. Okay. They're a little imperial. I can't tell where I'm holding my, yeah, I'm in front of the camera and and the screen is behind me. So, but (laughs) I have these little imperial topaz and and clear quartz every now and then I'm guided to toss one in the ocean, Mm. you know? And, and when I think about that, I'm like, well, what if a fish eats it? You know, I worry about (laughs) the animals in the ocean. Am I going to harm them? But it's like, and I've had people travel the world and place them in places. And this yeah. meditation that I lead at Equinox, which is coming up soon, mm-hmm. um, I have shells that people have sent me and that I've gathered from all over the globe. And they have them in this huge grid that I have in my, what I call my second office. It's it's a, a giant crystal grid that's four layers and, and a bunch of oh. stuff. But every time we do that meditation, I'm literally connecting with the ley lines all over the planet through those communication devices that are called shells. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's these crystals in the oceans and there, there's these quartz crystals around and there's ley lines throughout the planet. So sometimes you're guided to go to a particular place. You don't know why you're there, but it's a really good chance. You're probably standing on where ley lines are crossing and you're doing Mm -hmm. some sort of intention. You're, you know, sending up a prayer or you're you know, placing an offering like tobacco or cornmeal or whatever you're guided to do, setting intention. And as more and more people do that, we are making a difference, but I don't worry about global warming. It's happening. Okay. It's a thing, right? It's just like, we have to learn to ride the wave. I trust that mother earth and the universe itself knows what it's doing right? There's Mm -hmm. been cycles before there's cycles now. Yes. We need to stop polluting. Absolutely. And we can each take responsibility for that. Like I don't even use any products that harm the environment. You know, I clean Mm -hmm. with things. I wash my hair with things that are biodegradable and and non-harmful. And, you know, we each can take those sorts of actions. Right. Right. But, and there are also these bigger meditations like the ones that i lead there's people all over the place that lead these global mm-hmm. meditations and the more voices that take place in that the more it literally shifts the energy like my really good friend jonathan goldman he's a world-renowned sound healing pioneer grammy nominated i mean mm-hmm. lots of cds you know very successful jonathan and his wife andy lead a um it's a global meditation of sound healing done with sound healing every valentine's day you know and so it's just sending love to the earth sending love to the environment so there's there's lots of ways to be involved with that wonderful wonderful yeah it's kind of what you said is something i heard a long time ago it's if you want to see world peace you have to be at peace with the world yeah so the more that we do our own work yeah the more we do that deep inner healing work the yeah. more we heal the planet. Exactly. Okay. It's time for us to take our last break of the show. Um, when we come back, um, uh, I would like to, to maybe touch on some esoteric topics and, and just see 
where do you feel we're going in in the world? Where do you what do you see happening in the, in the coming years? Just to give our audience a, a frame of reference for that. Okay. Sounds great. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So Takara, you, you've been, I would say, tuned in for quite a while now. I'm, I'm curious, what do you feel, I guess, in the energies around about where is humanity going? What, what's happening? Where, where are we, where, what are we heading towards? So despite appearances, <laughs> I think we're all individually and collectively on this evolutionary journey where we are becoming divinity, where we are becoming people who can walk around the earth as divine beings connected not only to our own higher self and I am presence, but the universe and the multiverse and what's happening in other realms. And it's just an evolutionary process, you know, and some of us felt a calling and it was intense and and we're out here teaching and doing the things that we do, but everyone is being, is shifting. You know, it's amazing to me how many people I see waking up, you know, I live in a very rural area and I was teaching a class in a town nearby. And it's just amazing to me, the people that you're like, wow, you're coming to classes like this. Like you just, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch as people are becoming more open to ideas and 
you know, I think that we're all evolving at different speeds, you know, it's based on the soul's journey and, and what each individual intended before they came in. But I think collectively we are evolving as a species into kind of a different getting out of the fear-based mindset and the more animalistic nature and more into the co-creation, intuitive, emotionally intelligent aspect. You know, I think we're aspiring into um, our, our potentials, you know, and people are achieving it. People are reaching it. People are achieving it and, and they're helping other people who are wanting to take that journey and, and come along. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've heard people describe it different ways. One thing that, that I heard that kind of resonated with me was the, the, the analogy of the caterpillar and, and that the caterpillar, before it goes into its cocoon, it kind of eats ravenously. And, and you would look at the caterpillars getting ready to go into the cocoons and it's like they're destroying their environment. They're eating everything in sight. Right. Yet they're doing that to prepare to go into the chrysalis where they then break down and transform into butterflies. Right. And that that perhaps that's what's happening with society right now, where we, we seem to be eating everything in our environment, but it's really right. just to prepare us for going into the cocoon for us to then transform into the next stage of humanity. Right. And I mean, as an individual, in every moment it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Do we choose fear? Or do we choose love and evolution? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just, it's a choice. We can look at any situation, any conversation, anything on the news, anything at all, and choose what we're going to do about it. Like if we're going to go into the fear of, oh my gosh, this is happening over somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of that sensationalized media. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there are horrible things happening in different parts of the world. Don't get me wrong. There, there are some atrocious things but there's also a lot of good things and we don't often hear those. Right. Right. So, so news in particular is swayed toward the negative because it's more interesting. It's more sensational, but it induces fear. It it makes everybody subconsciously believe that the world isn't safe Mm -hmm. and that there's horrible things happening everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. And the more fear you live in, the more likely you are to have fear related events happen in your own life like you know because we are manifestors right right we, we, we attract yeah we attract what our energy emanates absolutely I, I, I have one last question before we finish out the show this is kind of an, a left field question okay because um uh, one of the people i follow he, he did a whole weekend about uh, a whole video teaching about this and i'm curious because you have an engineering background and with everything that the, in the news today, everyone's talking about AI and robotics and, you know, is AI becoming sentient or not? And I'm just curious, what's your feeling from a spiritual perspective of like, are we creating an artificial life form of some kind? Gosh, is it a life form? Well, you get back to Star Trek and data, right? You get yeah, back yeah, to yeah. <laughs> that sort of question. Um <laughs> That's a fascinating question. I mean, I look at, I mean, does it have a soul? I don't know. Mm. Could it become insult? Perhaps, Mm. you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I think 
when I first heard about what I was doing and all the new stuff that everybody's talking about, at first it was like, oh, this is probably not a good thing. But the mm-hmm. more I've looked into it, the more I'm like, oh, this can be a collaboration. And the truth mm-hmm. is some of what AI is starting to do now is really what we can do and just don't remember that we can, mm. you know? And so it's almost like what we're doing with technology is kind of part of the awakening process to remind us that we do have access to all that information, you know, and we can create with our mind and we can, you know, all these things. So, but I don't know about sentient. I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. I'm open to the possibility. I don't, I, I don't really have an opinion. I mean, I'm very Taoist in certain ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. I I mean, Stuart Well taught modern day Taoism. So I'm very Taoist about it's neither right nor wrong. I don't have an opinion, you know, like I really kind of Mm -hmm. embrace that concept. So it's like, it's, I find it exciting and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of in a wait and see what happens, Mm -hmm. but I do love technology. Um, Mm -hmm. and I find it quite useful, but I mean, can it be used for nefarious reasons? Absolutely. And so the, the people that are putting it together, you know, certain companies are being very, very diligent about those possibilities and they're talking about it and they're trying to ensure that things can't be used for, you know, to take advantage of others and all this nonsense. But, um, is that true of everyone developing it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, it's, you know, as the old expression goes, it's, it's like a hammer. Hammer can be used to build a house or it can be used to kill someone. It all depends who's holding it. Exactly. Energy is the same way. You can use it yeah. to heal and you can use it to harm and, right. you know, it's, it's just energy. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Takara, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show this week. It's been a pleasure having you. If, if people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you, how would they find you? So my website is magnificentu.com. That's magnificent followed by the letter u.com and everything I do is on there. So. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. And when is the equinox this year? If people want to get in touch. Monday, Monday, Ah, it's the 20th. It's the 20th. 20th. Yeah. It's March 20th this year. Okay. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much to I wish you the best of luck and I'm sure I'll, I'll see you around. All right. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Take care. And of course, thank you, my loyal listeners. Without you, there is no show. I really appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, my loyal listener, Patty, checking in from Tucson, I'm sure. And um, don't forget, if you missed any part of the show and you want to catch the replay of the recording, you can always catch the recording on talkradio.nyc. And we're on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts that you can find the Conscious Consultant Hour. And if you can't, let me know and I will make sure that we get on there. So thank you all for tuning in. Take care. We will talk to you all next week.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.